Destiny to read chapter 30 of Shakespeare's Cry for Dragon. That evening, while the rest of the company were gathering for dinner in the main room of the inn, I was searching through the costume trunk for a pair of long linen gloves and I that I had worn in the wedding scene that of much ado. Then I waited, concealed upon the stairs that led to our bedrooms, listening for some line that would serve well as my cue. It came when Mr. Armin said, Has anyone seen a witch lately? I made my entrance. I strode across the room straight up to Salpalvi, who sat as near to the sharers and as far from the apprentices and hired men as he would get. Without a word, I flung down one of the linen gloves before him. It very nearly landed in a bowl in bowl of stew. Sal Palvi stared at me as though I'd taken leave of my senses. And he was not the only one in the room to do so. What's this? he demanded. Megage, I replied. Your gage? Megalant, and you will. He lifted a cuff of the glove distantly as though it were a war and gave an incredulous laugh. You're a challenging me to a duel? I, I said, an acting duel, to determine who will play a winner. He gave another laugh, a rather uncertain one this time, and glanced around at the rest of the company. Is this another jest? I'm afraid I don't see the humor in it. Mr. Armin gazed curiously at me. No, I say he's quite serious. Resolute, in fact. He turned to the other sharers. What do you make of this challenge, gentlemen? Well, said Mr. Hemmings, if two companies may decide who will perform by means of a competition, I see no reason why two individuals should not. August, said said Mr. Armin. Mr. Philip shrugged. It's bound to be more interesting than watching them shoot pistols at each other. Will Mr. Shakespeare play thoughtfully with his ring? We did tell Mr. Pavey the part, the part he was his. If he does not feel he's up to the challenge, he can very well force him to accept it. All eyes were upon Salpelvi now. His features remained so carefully composed that I could not guess that what went on behind him. I was fairly certain he would not refuse me. There was no way he could do so without looking foolish or white-livered. Besides, if I knew him, he had every expectation of winning such a duel. He did not disappoint me. Pointing on his most disdainful look, he tossed the glove back to me and said, Name the time and place. We settled on two days hence at the Guild Hall 
at Salbury, where we expected to be performing. Since we could not hope to con the entire part in that short of time, we limited ourselves to the final scene of Act One between Elena and the Countess. After Salpelby had retired to his stable, Mr. Armin came and sat down beside me, next to me. So, his arms said soberly, you have decided, as how, as Hamlet says, to take arms against the sea of troubles and, by opposing, end them. I, I replied, a bit definitely. I thought it was time I stopped retreating from Salpelvi and took the offensive. He nodded. Well, I've only one thing to say in that matter. What's that? I said anxiously. Mr. Armin leaned close to me and said in said soda voice, Why in all halidom did you wait so long? Well, because... Because I feared that, and I complained about Salpelvi or quarrel with him, you and the others might, might what? Get, might give me the chuck. He patted my shoulder and said confidently, If we dismissed every member of the company who's ever been guilty of complaining or quarreling, there would be no one left. When I had been chosen, the previous summer to play Ophelia before the royal court, I had, I had had but one week to prepare for the part. It had been a trying week, filled with anxiety and self-doubt and sleepless nights. I believe I agonized every bit as much over this single scene from all's well. The difference was... It was all of it crammed into two days. Though I had never seen an actual duel, I doubted that the two combats were expected to load their weapons and prepare themselves to kill or be killed while sitting within ten feet of one another. Salpalvi and I, however, were forced to share the same small space behind the stage in the guild hall as we dressed ourselves and painted our faces and chanted our lines over and over like a patronister under our breath. I put my back to him and tried to ignore his presence, knowing that if I gave him the opportunity, he would attempt to undermine my confidence or break my concentration. He did not wait for an opportunity. You've put far too much seal on your cheeks, he said. Mind your own concerns, I muttered. Only trying to be helpful, he said innocently. I didn't suppose you'd want, you'd want to go out there looking like a fool. He glanced into the mirror and fluffed up his wig. Or should I say more of a fool? I clenched my teeth. Let it pass, I told myself, and tried to think only of my lines. If you're determined to make a fool of yourself anyway, why not ask for a part of Lavatach? He's supposed to be a fool, 
and they are as likely to give it to you as they are to give you a layman. I might have managed even to to let even this pass had I been starving still to be a good apprentice, but I was not. I was striving to be Elena. I took the time to put my final touches on my makeup and to count to ten, and then I turned to face him. I suspect, I said evenly, that your opinion of me acting ability is not nearly as low as you'd have me believe. Oh, said Salpalvi, clearly taken aback a bit. I'm sure he expected me to respond with anger with his goading. And you truly felt I was no match for you. You would never have gone to so much trouble to try to get rid of me. It's only because you can how capable I am that you consider me a threat. A threat? He laughed, not eternally convincingly. The only thing I've ever feared from you was that you would forget your lines and I would be forced to cover for you. You're lying. They say that no one may spot a lie like another liar. Well, I've been a liar most of my life. It's only lately that I've given up. You may as well give up trying to compete with me as well because you will never win. We should not be competing at all, you and I. Theater is supposed to be cooperative effort. Did they ever teach you that at the Blackfriars? For the first time, his mask of security began to slip, giving me a glimpse of something darker and more vulnerable behind it. No, he said, but they taught me many other things, and one of them was that if I ever managed to get free of them, I would not go back. I would do anything to avoid going back, I nodded. I understood better than anyone the fierce determination he felt to keep his place within the company at any cost. I am certain that you want no advice of any sort of me, but I'll give you to you all the same. And you truly wish to stay with the Chamberlain's men. You'll never do through trickery and deceit. I can that well, for I tried it myself. The only way you'll ever belong is being a hard and willing worker, and by being honest and loyal, so that you can earn the trust and respect of the company. Trust and respect? Salpalvi sounded as though we were familiar with, unfamiliar with the terms. You don't mean to tell me, I said, that there was something you did not have at the Blackfriars? Since he was challenged party in the duel, Salpalvi distrated the order in which we would perform. He chose to let me go first. As I stood by the curtain, waiting to go on, I felt uncomfortably calm and confident. At Mr. Hemmings, who was playing the contest to both our Elenas, came up next to me, adjusting his gown and wig. Ready? I took a deep breath. Aye. 
He nodded encouragingly. I believe you are. Ordinarily, when I made an entrance, I was careful not to make much notice of the audience. It was easier for me to imagine then that I was living the scene and not merely making a show of it. This time, though, I took a long look out into the hall. I was not playing to some mingle mangle of strangers come to close themselves for a couple of hours in a world that was more interesting and exciting than their own. There, these were my fellow players, my friends. An ordinary audience knew nothing about us actors and cared less. Their only concern was for the fate of char- ch- characters in the play. But to these men, Mr. to Mr. Shakespeare and Mr. Harmon and Mr. Phillips and Will Sly and even to Jack, I was not merely a player, I was a person. It was not enough then for me just to give them Elena. I had to give them something more. I had to give them me. Always before, when I got well into a part, my airiness of everything outside the boundaries of the stage faded away. The only thing real to me was the world of the play. I was like slipping into a a two-tower dream. This time it was different. I felt more the way one feels when he is just on the threshold of waking. Though he is still within the imaginary world conjured up by his sleep influence, of course, of the dream. So it was that when I, as Elena, spoke to of my father, images of Jamie Retzak came into my mind. When, as Elena told the Countess, you are my mother, madam, would you were, I thought for a moment of my own mother, whom I never had known and never would. And when Mr. Hemmings, as the Countess, remarked upon the tears that filled my eyes, he did not have to imagine them. They were there. At the conclusion of our scene, we received an enthusiastic sound round of applause from the company. Under cover it, Mr. Henning said to me, Well done, Witch. I could not help but agree. Now that I had taken my shot, it was Alpalvi's turn. I was not certain I wanted to watch. It would be like watching an opponent in a dual level at his pistol at you and wondering whether or not you would survive. In the end, I sat close behind the curtain and listened. He made a strong beginning. His Elena was more fierceful, forceful and vibrant than mine, who was who, though strong willed, was soft spoken. He was clearly determined to make my portrayal seem pale and dynamic, and he seemed to be succeeding. But a few minutes into the scene, he lost momentum somehow, as it was was as though some part 
of his mind was occupied with something besides the role. Perhaps with the conversation we had had long before. Well, I meant to give him something to think about, but not necessarily now. When he came to the line, my friends were poor but honest, he seemed to falter and forget where to go. Out of the old habit, I threw him the next line, but he failed to take it. Thinking he had not heard, I repeated it more loudly. Still, there was only silence from the stage. I peered through the opening in the curtain. To my surprise, Sopaldi was not facing his partner in the scene, but had turned to look out at the members of the company who had who formed the audience. The line seemed to have left my head, he told them. His voice was steady, his head was held high. I could do a bit of thribbling, but you would know I prefer instead of conceit. He made a definged bow, turned and walked off the stage. A generous burst of applause flowed him. Suspecting that Zalpaldi would prefer to be alone, I ducked around the curtain and joined my friends, all whom congratulated me warmly. Actually, Jack's comment could probably be not be considered warm. What he said was, I could never climb that many lines in two days. It was, I suppose, the best I could expect from him. Mr. Shakespeare said, With you, Azalina, perhaps this will not be such of a poor play after all. Mr. Armand gripped my hand almost painfully hard. Don't think for a moment, he said, that you won only because Salpaldi conceded, conceded defeat. It was your performance and nothing else. It was astute. It was assured. It was affecting. It did not know what I did not know what to say. Fortunately, Mr. Armin convoyed me. You know, he said, when an actor truly himself, uh, when an actor truly shines in a role for the first time, we say that he's found himself. When well, it seems to me that you found yourself. How does it feel? I thought of a line at last, one that would fit any situation. Oh, Lord, sir, I said. So that was Shakespeare's Scribe. Bye, guys. See you later. See you later. See you later. See ya. See ya later. Bye, guys.